Okay, so now that we've discussed this amongst each other, Jerry, let's talk to a Harper's Ferry expert. And she is a national park ranger who works at Harper's Ferry. Lucky. That's my dream <laughs> job. Let's welcome in Leah Tabor. Hi, Leah. Welcome to West Virginia Talk. Hi there. Thanks so much for having me. No, thank you. So uh, how long have you been a park ranger? Uh, so I've been with the National Park Service since 2008, uh, and I have been at Harper's Ferry since July of 2021. Okay, so you're fairly new to the park. I was going to ask you if uh, Harper's Ferry is where you wanted to work or if you even had a choice in where they put you. Uh, we we do have a choice, and when I saw the position at Harper's Ferry open up, um, I was very glad to be able to interview and then accept the position just because Harper's Ferry is such an amazing place. <laughs> yeah, tell me about it. I was there last Wednesday. Love it. I've been there maybe a half a dozen times in my life, and any chance that I can get there, I want to stop off. Um, so, park ranger, is that something you always wanted to do? Uh, it was not something I always wanted to do, but uh, when I was in college, I decided that I wanted to be a history major, and oh. uh, my dad my dad was involved with a living history group at Kings Mountain National Military Park. And so I ended up doing a an internship, a summer internship, and absolutely fell in love with the ability to get to talk about history as a job. Um, and so after several seasons, I, I got on permanent with the Park Service and uh, haven't looked back. Gotcha. Jerry, you know someone who was a history major in college. Was it you? It was me. It was yes. Nice. Yes, it was. Okay, so let's talk Harper's Ferry. Let's first off, let's talk about the Appalachian Trail or Appalachian Trail, depending on where you're from in the country. Um, Appalachian Trail is kind of in between the start and finish, depending on where you're starting from. A little closer to Georgia and a little farther from Maine, but that's a that's a hot spot for people that are on that Appalachian Trail, right? It is. Uh, it's the psychological midpoint of the trail, and it's also the headquarters for the Appalachian Trail Conservancy. Uh, so when hikers are doing either you know, a through hike or a flip-flop hike, they'll usually start there, and they always love to get their, their picture in front of the Appalachian Trail Conservancy sign there. Yeah, when, when I was there last week, there was a young lady in uh, one of the um, – sit down cafes and she had a big brace on her ankle and I said what happened she said Appalachian Trail got me and she had came from she came from Georgia and then had to go back home because <laughs> she hurt oh herself <laughs> but there are a lot of rocks and everything on the Appalachian Trail so be careful that's what yeah, I was getting absolutely. ready to, that's what I was getting ready to ask what's probably the number one thing that you would recommend to anybody that's doing the hike on the Appalachian Trail well, if they're if they're planning to do the section through Harper's Ferry or any section of the Appalachian Trail, I think the main point is to is to prepare to uh, know before you go is how we like to put it, uh, and just make sure that you really are prepared to hike a trail like the Appalachian Trail. Uh, you know, making sure you have the right items packed uh, in in your trail pack, making sure you have enough water or that you know where access to water will be. Uh, making sure you have those salty snacks so that you're you're not uh, losing salt and electrolytes as well. 
Um, so it's it's basically just being prepared, taking the time to plan ahead. Yeah, it's not like just walking the mall, you know. Exactly. Yeah, it's 2,200 miles. Okay, so one of the uh, things that Harper's Ferry is most known for is John Brown's Raid. And I, I talked to you a couple of days ago, and I asked if John Brown was kind of like an off-the-table uh, off kind of subject because he's controversial. And yes. in, in, in today's mindset of the country, people like George Washington, Thomas Jefferson, they're, they're starting to be scrutinized because of being slave owners. It's becoming more of a talked-about subject. But then you look at John Brown, and you're like, yeah, he he kind of got things started for ending slavery, but he he's also viewed as a terrorist. So did people come into the park because of John Brown kind of spark in the Civil War? We do get a number of visitors who come specifically to see the sites where where John Brown was in the Harper's Ferry and and like you said, he is a very controversial figure. Um, he's one of those people you either admire him or or you are disgusted by him. Um, and depending on, on which group folks fall into, he's, he's a martyr or he's a terrorist, as you say. Um, so he, he's one of those figures that falls far outside black and white and somewhere in that, that shade of gray. Right. So John Brown's raid, um, he knew that there were, I think a hundred thousand guns that were stored at the federal arsenal and it was lightly guarded. And he came up with this plan, to create a diversion, which he did with the train, and then attack this place. But little did he know there was another stockade of guns up the hill. Otherwise, he may have pulled this off, right? Uh, there there certainly was a, a chance. And as you said, he chose Harper's Ferry on purpose. He had been planning this for months uh, and picked Harper's Ferry because of the, the federal arsenal and also the the proximity to the mountains to be able to um, get this war against slavery started up and down the Appalachian mountains. I think an, another reason it was because it was in Virginia at the time. Yeah. And a lot of people, when they think of, uh, you know, slavery, it was the deep South, but a lot of people, man, I hate saying this because it sounds terrible, but a lot of people don't know that Virginia was like the hotbed of breeding slaves. And I hate saying that because it makes it sound like animals, but that's the way they said it. Yes, Virginia was very heavy, very heavily involved in the slave trade, as you say. It sounds terrible. I mean, they were property. It's just ridiculous. So in that way, John Brown very much admired, but the way he went about it, not so much. Right. Okay. So one of the places that I was looking for last week that was closed was black voices what what exactly is black voices now jerry and i talked a little bit about allies for freedom talk a little bit about the black voices building so the the black voices exhibit was our is our space where we try to um, make sure that we are telling the entire harper's Ferry story um, where this is not a segment of our history that we just kind of shunt off. It's part of the, our entire story. Uh, and so those, those moments throughout Harper's Ferry's history where you have uh, African-Americans who figure heavily 
uh, into whether it's daily life or big events like John Brown's raid, uh, that exhibit, its purpose is to be able to bring those voices and those stories to light. Uh, and we, although the, the exhibit space is temporary, temporarily closed for some repairs and renovations, uh, we are working to uh, get some um, online presence available through the use of QR codes, um, which we we hope to have in place in the in the next couple of months here. Okay, and I think that's a good segue into Storer College. I mean, Harpers Ferry. There's so many facets to Harpers Ferry. Talk a little bit about Storer College and why it disappeared. Sure. So. Uh, after the Civil War ends in, in 1865, uh, pretty closely after that, uh, the Freedmen's Bureau is looking uh, at Harper's Ferry to establish schools. And the Free Will Baptists actually come in with uh, Reverend Nathan uh, Brackett, and Brackett establishes a school, a Free Will Baptist school, in what's now called Lockwood House on top, in, in Harper's Ferry in the Camp Hill area, the Upper Town area. And um, over time, that school, uh, thanks to a $10,000 donation by John Storer, who was a, a prominent Free Will Baptist, uh, that school goes from one room in the Lockwood House to Storer College. Uh, and it's a history from 1867 all the way up until 1955. It was a place where thousands of African Americans were able to pursue a secondary education. And for several years, uh, it was the one place in West Virginia where that was available, where there was something beyond primary education. Um, now, you get closer to the Brown versus Board of Education decision in 1954, which, of course, uh, said that um, segregation was illegal. Um, the, the college started to run into funding issues in the years before that. Uh, and when Brown versus Board of Education is passed down, the West Virginia State Assembly doesn't designate any funding uh, for Storer College that next year since it was going to be uh, fully integrated. And so that next year, 1955, the school had to close. Well, I always thought it was very impressive was that, as you just talked about, this is when it was established, it's before Brown versus Board of Education. But yeah. Storage College, although it's really known for the educating of uh, early black Americans, it was open to everybody. Yes, it was. It was open to all regardless of race, gender or religious affiliation as well. And that, that's when you when you think about that era, um, how special that would have been. Yeah, um, we profiled some um, West famous West Virginians during uh, Black History Month. And uh, some of these uh, people that we spoke of were Storer College graduates. And I'm pretty sure that you listened to some of those, didn't you? I did. I, I was able to listen and read some summaries on some of those and was very glad to see that. <laughs> Good deal. Well, we, at least we know one person's happy with it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so... You know, Harpers Ferry isn't all just buildings and ruins and things that surround John Brown Raid and all that. You also have some uh, geologic wonders like Jefferson Rock. How popular is Jefferson Rock? Is it, is it in itself a draw for visitors? 
Yes, it's it's one of the most visited sites in the park, um, and I I think that has to do with a couple of things. I mean, first of all, uh, that it offers such an amazing view of where the Shenandoah River flows into the Potomac, uh, and it's an unusual rock formation, and it happens to be affiliated with Thomas Jefferson, who stood at that point in 1783 and said that it offered one of the most stupendous scenes in nature and that it was worth a voyage across the Atlantic. Funny, we were just talking about Thomas Jefferson, but not in that way. Right. <laughs> but I mean, you know, the the rock was a draw for a lot of famous folks. Yes, yes. Over the years, you see um, celebrities and dignitaries coming in and visiting Jefferson Rock, and even uh, store college students would uh, come down to Jefferson Rock and, and hike the trails around the area as well. Okay, well, let's uh, let's move on to something else here. One thing in the park, in your opinion, that is most often overlooked, but it should not be overlooked. I think probably, and this isn't like one specific place, but I think a lot of times people just think that Harper's Ferry is Lower Town, is that historic Lower Town area, which that area is is beautiful and special. Uh, and has so much nature and history crammed in one place. But the park is more than just that. Uh, we have several sites that are outside of Lower Town that are connected with our Civil War history and our movement from Civil War to Civil Rights. Uh, when you think about uh, areas like Camp Hill, where store colleges that, that are outside of Lower Town, Bolivar Heights and Schoolhouse Ridge north and south, and the Murphy Chambers Farm, which all have that Civil War connection. And Murphy Chambers Farm was the site of the John Brown Fort for several years. Uh, so we are more than just that small area in Lower Town. Now, something else that is also I'm bringing up, because there's all sorts of different ages that like to visit the national parks. This is a fairly large complex. And y'all offer shuttle, right? Shuttle services? We do. Uh, there is a shuttle from our... Our visitor center and our main parking lot, which there's a thousand car parking lot there, uh, the shuttle will take visitors down into Lower Town, and it's just a short walk to the main area there. Okay. I did that last week. Love the music, too, by the way. <laughs> yes. Love it. <laughs> now, do y'all, I know y'all offer like bicycling, mountain climbing, picnicking, and fishing. Um, as far as the bicycling goes, I got to ask this because I'm big sure. into this. Um, are you allowed e-bikes? Currently, e-bikes are not allowed, and that's not just Harper's Ferry. That's across the National Park Service. Okay. Um, so that's, I'm, from my understanding, they're evaluating a little bit further for, for future uh, recommendations or future rules, but right now they are not allowed. All righty. And the climbing wall, I know there's sections that are sectioned off at the current moment uh, yes. for nesting birds. Yes, we uh, we have a peregrine falcon couple that are that are is nesting um, around Maryland Heights, and so to give those birds space to to nest uh, and to not be disturbed, we have um, several sections, several climbing sections that are currently closed off, and that runs from usually mid February to mid July. All righty, is there anywhere in particular like somebody would need to check in if they decided to do some climbing? 
we don't currently have a registration system. We, we do have climb, some climbers like to let our visitor center staff know that they're going to be climbing, uh, but there is no current requirement that they do. All right. And as far as the fishing goes, what do people need to know about fishing in your national park? So the fishing, the main area is what we call the river access area. It's uh, right off of the Shenandoah River and our river access parking lot, uh, which is right at the junction of Highway 340 and Shenandoah Street, uh, right there uh, along the shoreline. Um, there, uh, since it's in West Virginia, folks need to follow West Virginia state uh, fishing guidelines. And we have a link to that on our website from our fishing page. All right. I mean, you know, the park brings in roughly a quarter million people a year. What are some of the places that these visitors come from that just blow your mind? It's it's pretty amazing when, when you think about how far folks travel. I mean, we get all, all 50 states. So you got international travelers uh, from, you know, Europe and Asia, um, uh, especially um from Germany and from Japan, uh, but they're from absolutely all over and all 50 states. Um, so you, you never know what a day is going to bring and what visitors are, are going to come and see us. Well, hopefully we help expand that because we've been downloaded in 20 countries since the last week of August. So hopefully we uh, we get a little more international flavor when it comes to the visitors coming to the park. What are some of the most common questions that you're asked at the park? Uh, Some of the most common questions were asked are um, related to the the backstory with John Brown, um, our African-American history with Storer College, uh, and then um, related to the history of um, the rivers and the Civil War. I mean, it it, there's a broad range. And uh, I mean, besides the the common visitor questions across the National Park Service, which are, you know, where is the bathroom and where can I park? Um, <laughs> I, you know, where am I and what is there to do? Where am I? Um, <laughs> yes. That's awesome. Okay, so I, I know people probably make comments not as, you know, often as they ask questions, but have you ever had negative comments from people? I mean, we, we have, um, and we take those seriously just like we do positive comments because any – any negative comment is a chance to really look at something and evaluate it. And if there are improvements to be made, you know, we can try to make those improvements. But it's it's always a, a good chance to look at uh, what we're doing and why we're doing it. Gotcha. So there are some special events coming up this summer, like ghost tours, right? Uh, so we don't have uh, ghost tours in the National Park, but we do have a number of special events coming up. Actually, um, next weekend, Memorial Day weekend, um, we are bringing back our regular Memorial Day event, uh, which is called Defend and Protect, Arming the American Soldier. And it really looks at our history, uh, the history of the, the U.S. Armory and Arsenal uh, and how it outfitted American soldiers uh, for 60 years um, and how those soldiers used those weapons and um, how Harper's Ferry uh, moved the science of war uh, forward. But throughout the summer and into the fall, we have a, a number of special events going on. I thought a couple years ago there were ghost tours in the park. Maybe I'm wrong about that, but 
It kind of makes sense. I mean, Harper's Ferry has to be haunted, right? <laughs> there are those who say that it is. Uh, I I have not personally uh, witnessed any of that, but there are certainly people that will swear by that. Gotcha. And y'all y'all have a lot of different activities that go on anyway through the uh, park ranger program, correct? Yes, we we are we have our seasonal staff on board, which these are folks that come and work at the park for approximately six months, and they help us out through our busy summer season. And so we are offering uh, daily ranger programs. Um, so anytime folks come, we recommend that they stop in the visitor center and ask what's going on that day, so that we can uh, get them the best experience that they can have. That's awesome. Okay, so when summer's done and winter's approaching, um, I know you guys used to have what they called old-fashioned Christmas. Is that going to be this year, too? So the um, the businesses, the merchants in town do the, the old-time Christmas, and we do partner with them on on some programming, and they are planning to do it again this year. Uh, of course, that all depends on what happens uh, around us, but they are planning to do that this year, the first and second weekends in December. We're working on those details with them right now, but that is the plan. See, it's uh, it's funny that you say that, the, the, the local merchants. It's Harper's Ferry is so different that it's a national park, but it's also... Uh, full of buildings that are privately owned and they're on the National Register of Historic Places and people still live in them. And it's it's kind of a place that's different than anywhere else that I've ever read of or been to. Uh, it, it is, um, as I say, a lot packed into a very small area and uh, a complex park. It, it keeps it interesting because depending on where you're walking, one minute you're in the park and the next you're in the town. Uh, and we we recognize that the, it's a place where people live, so we always try to um, work with our, our merchant neighbors and the folks that live there, our resident neighbors as well. Well, you know, earlier you said that uh, the, the most often, in your view, the most often overlooked part of Harper's Ferry is Uptown, and I'm guilty of that as well. And I think a lot of it has to do with where I was taken as a kid and what I knew uh, going into Harper's Ferry as an adult. So, you know, you, you do have a lot of overlooked places, but you have a lot of the lower town and all that stuff. So let's say for a day you were not a park ranger and you went to Harper's Ferry and you had to pick one place to go. What is your favorite place in the park? I would say my, my favorite place in the park is to actually do the walk from um, Camp Hill up in Upper Town down into lower town and across the pedestrian bridge over at the Potomac because it really you get that sense of moving through an area where a lot of things are coming together where you have the the two rivers coming together the water gap through the Blue Ridge Mountains and then as you traverse over the Potomac River you're actually going to be able to experience four national parks at once you're in Harper's Ferry National Historical Park. You're in the Chesapeake and Ohio National Historical Park. You're in the Potomac Heritage National Scenic Trail, and you're on the Appalachian National Scenic Trail. Uh, and being able to be in a place where you can stand and be in four places at once, uh, I think that's an incredibly unique experience that I would look for if I was uh, just a, a normal visitor. Gotcha. And you said Appalachian. So since you're a 
park ranger. That is the standard. I'm going to have to start saying it that way. Uh, oh, e- even our rangers, depending on who you ask, will will say it differently. I, I think it's a regional thing. I I went to Appalachian State University in North Carolina, <laughs> and so it's Appalachian. Gotcha. If hey, if they called Appalachian down in Boone, then that's what it's called. <laughs> yeah. Gotcha. Hey, uh, Leah Tabor, we're so glad that you were able to chat with us today and uh, shedding some light on Harper's Ferry, some some places that we weren't aware of or we didn't have a lot of info on, or not as much info anyway. And we really appreciate you taking your time out to discuss it with us. Yes, absolutely. Thank you for allowing me the time to share, and I hope that uh, it brings more visitors out. All right, and I'd also like to to uh, encourage you, Leah Tabor, we have other episodes for download, so get on those and listen. <laughs> I will check them out. I have an hour and a half commute daily, so I will uh, be sure to give them a listen. Wow. How many episodes do we have now? 25? Uh, not enough to cover that hour and a half commute for very long. <laughs> well, we're going to keep doing this, God willing. So, uh, Park Ranger Leah Tabor, we really appreciate it. Thanks so much. Thank you. All righty. So, uh, really happy that uh, we were able to to get a hold of her. And yeah, she had some great insight, and it's always good to hear from people who experience it on a daily basis. We we get the uh, kind of the we can give the visitor version of a lot of these places, but there's a lot of things that we miss or we don't know because well, we don't work we're not living there. there. Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean, I love visiting, right? But I don't. I mean, it's. 3,600 acres, it's huge. I mean, you can't cover all that and rem- and retain it all. Right. And that, that, you know, a couple of times you're looking over, like, you got a question? I'm like, I do, but I don't because I'm just taking in what she's saying. Yeah, you know, yeah. It's, it's sometimes even when we're interviewing, the information we get, we're, we're trying to absorb it as well. And, and, it's and a then, juggling act. Yeah. And in this case, I, I just would rather just listen to her. <laughs> yep. <laughs> so, uh, Listeners, we have a couple of park brochures that were uh, given to us by the park. Um, they, they came straight from the park. This is nothing that we found online. This came, these came from the park. Um, if you would like some, we don't have many, but you know we have some to give. If you would like to have one, um, just email us your uh, home address, and we'll mail them out to you right away. Our email address is... West Virginia Talk at yahoo.com. Just email us your address and, uh, you know, we'll send them out as long as we have them. James said he'll even autograph it for you. No, that would degrade it. <laughs> no, 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 no. Um, also, check us out on Facebook. Hit that like and subscribe button. Also, coming up in June, um, you're going to have an opportunity to save some money at the book exchange in Morgantown. By using our own special code, it is WVTALK, and we'll have uh, some more details on that in our next podcast episode. So one last thing, once again, I want to remind people to continue. Don't just hit the play button. Look down into the show notes and descriptions because we're linking wherever we're interviewing and, and doing, we're linking their websites to our podcast so that you can have an easy transition if you want to check out for more information. So look down in the description of the show notes to find the link to the website. In this case, it'll be the website for Harper's Ferry National Park Services. Yes. So that'll do it for us on this episode of West Virginia Talk. We appreciate you all listening to us. Coming up on our next two episodes, 
We'll be talking with Asian-American author Frances Park and her experiences in West Virginia. We'll also be on the road in Kaiser and the Eastern Panhandle. We'll be talking with folks at the Strawberry Festival. Yeah, that's coming up really, really quick. Yes, that's coming up uh, first weekend of June, right? Yes, sir. All right. So uh, I'm James. And I'm Jerry. You've been listening to West Virginia Talk, a J&J production.